It's time. Not adjust, adjust your radio, radio set. Prospect Live. Play ball. Hello and welcome to Dinger Ball. Today we have our first guest ever on the show, and that is Adam Zuck. And we will get to him in here in a second. But first, I'm with Jacob Hennessy, and how's it going, Jacob? You know, Logan, it's going pretty well. Uh, Offseason's in full swing. Got a little couple big signings already, uh, obviously with Grandall over the White Sox. But uh, it's a good day to talk about baseball. Absolutely. And how's it going? I'm doing well. Thank you guys for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a little background on Adam. He is our former, my former, former college teammate for Millican Baseball, and he is Hennessy's current teammate right now. So um, he's a pretty good pitcher, um, not to toot his horn a little bit, but he's pretty good, and he knows a little bit about pitching. So that's why we have him on today to talk about what's going on in the world of pitching, what matters and what doesn't. So might as well go ahead and get into that here in a little bit. But first, we can go ahead and talk about some of the signings that we have going on. Um, I mean, there's obviously some moves that are happening. Um, we had a couple trades over the past couple days, um, as we saw. I think Jerks and Profar, he got traded. So, I mean, what do we think about that? Yep, he's in San, he's in uh, San Diego with the Padres now, I believe. Uh, I kind of – it's kind of a surprise for them with them being a – second baseman I guess middle infielder I mean maybe maybe the signings kind of to think maybe he might be able to move to a corner outfield spot eventually or uh if Tatis goes down again now you have someone that's proven to be a middle infielder in the MLB but uh kind of a surprise all around didn't did not expect that trade to happen I kind of figured he'd stay in Oakland yeah I agree um what do you think about it Zuck? you know I haven't followed too much about the the uh, trades recently, actually, I'm trying to look up some, look up some stuff here as we uh, as we speak. But I mean, I know there's a lot of a lot of good players out there right now. Yeah, absolutely. I think that like Jerkson is a good move, especially for the Padres going to the future that they're positioning themselves in a way that they could potentially be a better team. So I mean, they have Hosmer, they have Machado, they have all it takes to be a really good team. So really, just putting those pieces together and having enough backup where they can really sustain something that's good. Um, and then also one of the hottest topics right now is Zach Wheeler, and he's already bidding up into the nine figures, which is pretty impressive for him. So, I mean, where do we think that will end up in the long run for him? Will he end up signing for over $100 million, $200 million? Where will it end? I don't know because, like, He's going to have a big following. He's going to have a lot of people that are going to want to sign him. But I don't I don't think he's going to get over 100, to be honest. I, I don't think he's going to get a lengthy contract as he probably would like to. I think he's probably going to get four years, three, four years, just based on his injury history as well. But he proved last year he can be a big-time arm, and he's going to get paid like a front-line yeah. starting pitcher in the MLB. Yeah, I know the, the White Sox yeah, are taking I mean, a look at him. Um, which would be, you know, huge for them to add another arm. But, yeah, I mean, I know he wants a lot of money, uh, probably at least five years, $100 million. Um, But like you guys said, I don't know if he's really going to get that. I think he should. I think he's a damn good pitcher, and I think he really deserves that kind of money. 
in the long run. Because you just look at it, I mean, what he could do for a team, he's one of the top pitchers in the past couple of years. He's literally been underrated as much as nobody really heard about him just because of the team he was on. He's on a team with Syndergaard, mm-hmm. I mean, Stud, and then DeGrom. I mean, really, what can you do about that? Back-to-back Cy Youngs. That's kind of tough competition if you're looking at it. And also, it's like the free agency is the same way right now. Like, he's with Garrett Cole and Steven Strasburg. Like, he's, once again, the guy who is the dark horse in the background that really nobody's paying attention to, which I think he might be the best signing of this whole entire offseason. And I think the White Sox pull it out. I'm rooting for them. If, If the White Sox pull out getting him as well, with Grandall already getting signed, I think it was what four years for yeah. eighty-six, mm-hmm. something like that. Like now you got Wheeler, you got Kopech coming mm-hmm. back, I believe. Yep. And you got that really young roster with uh, with now a veteran presence as well with Wheeler, who's been there, done that, and behind the plate with Grandall. You, I mean, you have two all-star catchers on yep. that roster right now, so that's always a good thing to have. Exactly. Uh, they have a lot of youth, a lot of talent, and it's good for the city of Chicago. Um, you know, we can go ahead and jump into the next topic, but before we do, I just want to mention that some of our blogs are up on dangerball.com, and if you feel curious about reading them, just go ahead and read, and just tell us what you think, because we're going to keep on going with the AL East and go to each division and talk about what's going on in each of them and talk about each team individually and their future and what's going on. But now we're going to go to the main piece here, and we'll probably be here for a little bit. But we're going to discuss like discuss the pitching analytics and what matters and what doesn't. And we'll kind of go ahead and ask um, Zuck this. What do you think a good anatomy of a good pitcher is and a great anatomy of a great pitcher? Right, right. Um, you know, I think there's definitely a lot of things that separate, you know, good pitchers from great pitchers. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about velocity, and, yeah, that matters a tremendous amount, but... Um, you know, I think what separates really um, a great pitcher from a good pitcher is um, getting the job done, coming in, throwing strikes, um, and being able to kick it into next gear when needed. Um, a lot of guys might lose poise, might lose focus, um, you know, get hit around a little bit. Um, but you see guys like, um, oh man. Who, who am I thinking of? Nationals. Nationals. Who? Yeah, definitely agree with that. I mean, you could see it with Scherzer. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah, that's line. who I was thinking about. He's yeah. got that second level. Yeah, that man is ferocious. Yeah, he takes up the next level. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a little crazy, but crazy works. It does. I mean, honestly, as a pitcher, I think that there is a lot more that goes into it than just the statistics alone. Because you could put up two guys, same velocity, same pitches, and you'll get two completely different exactly. results. And that's something that is weird. And I think that there's a lot of intangibles that go along with it. Because you have a guy who could really carve the outside of the plate or really, you know, paint his curveball on the inside part of the plate where guys can't hit it because it looks like it's going to hit him when it comes in. And there's a lot of intangibles to go in there, especially like the mindset of a pitcher, something that people really don't talk about. And I think you see that in guys like Scherzer. Like, he's a psycho. I've said it before. Like, I'm walking down a dark hallway, and I see Scherzer running after me. Like, in full game mode, I'm running. I'm running the other direction. I'm sprinting. You see a lot of guys in the minors. Um, 
you know they'll, they'll they'll be throwing high velocity got good stuff you know but don't make it out of single double a and you know that's exactly what separates you know throwing strikes being able to come up clutch in certain situations and a lot of guys just can't find the strike zone exactly and it's just like yeah like the timidness kind mm-hmm. of like there's some guys who are confident and you see some guys who are afraid to throw strikes and throw what they need to throw because they have the ability everybody has the ability to do whatever they want it's just like the little differences in the mind make a big difference um yeah the one guy that i really want to point out that you it's a prime example of that is uh tyler chatwood of the cubs when he hmm. is at his best he locates he's he's always been that high velocity guy he will be a high velocity guy for his entire career he can throw 98, 99 miles per hour. But when he comes out and he walks a batter, two batters, three batters, his his effectiveness decreases rapidly. And then when he comes out there and he's spot on, he's hitting the corners and doing everything right. He is one of the he's one of the better relief pitchers on that team and in in the league in general. But you just don't see consistency, and I think that's another thing that's a big big uh, part for being a great pitcher versus a good pitcher is being able to be consistent day after yep. day after day regardless of how many pitches you've thrown like yeah, the day before totally agree i mean yeah so like another guy that kind of sparks my mind is carlos martinez and you see it in him a lot that <laughs> there's like some days he goes out to the mound and it looks like he's on a mission to destroy the other team which i fully support and he goes out there and he throws 100 miles an hour throws it past him looks great other days, he goes out there, blows kisses at people on second base, acts like he's a little bit of a clown, and ruins the game ultimately. Yep. So it's kind of like that mindset. I don't know. I think that there's more that goes into it in the stats. And obviously, we're going to talk about the stats here today, too. And We do love our stats. I mean, yeah. It's kind of <laughs> where we are. <laughs> but I think there's some stats that really don't matter much, like, you know, wins, losses, yeah. that's a team stat. You really can't say that that matters. Cause well, I mean, if you want to talk wins, losses, like just look oh, at yeah. Jacob DeGrom. His win-loss record does not signify ace material, does not signify Cy Young material, but you look at every single other stat on his list, and it's over the top. Yeah. I mean, that's just how it works sometimes. You have a guy on a bad team, and he just – gets the short end of the stick if he's on the Yankees he has 22 wins this year <laughs> That's easily tough and then there's other stats that I think that matter more like ERA doesn't even tell the full picture because you can have a guy with like a 2.2 ERA and his team is garbage but you know like I think whip yeah. matters yeah. for a pitcher and I think that you can see that with like the Astros you look at their two top studs and I think also, like, the strikeouts per nine matter and the walks per nine matter because you can't be walking many guys per nine because you're not going to be successful if you do that because you're just creating more opportunity for failure in the long run. And strikeouts are obviously important because the less guys that make contact, the less chance there is that something goes wrong. But if you guys had to rate those, where would you say your top one would be that would be the most important for a pitcher in that category? Um, For me, I think it would be wit for sure. Um, You know, like you said, can't give up walks can't give up hits and if you keep those low you know you're having a lot of innings you're going to find a lot of success um you know hits are hits are okay you know 
sometimes you'll make a good pitch and they'll hit it, you know, give you tip your cap. Um, but you know, like you going back to what you said with walks, um, you know, that giving free bases, um, you know, you just, it just can't happen. You know, it'll come back to bite you in the ass. So, um, yeah, I definitely think mm-hmm. whip is definitely my number one. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for- I'll just say one thing real quick. I can see the walks definitely do impact you over the course of a game because I was a person in whatever I played, I walked a lot of people. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes. so that's when I walked people more than, more than the rest of our team basically dude, combined. I was so unsuccessful when I walked right. people and that's just, that's just how it happened. I mean, I mean, like I said, it was like a mindset sometimes and that's why like that's what separates a good pitcher you can't walk people and that goes into the whip kind of like and if you walk more people you're facing more batters and that gives more opportunity for more hits and then you're going to be throwing less innings so that increases your whip (laughs) your whip just keeps it's just like a a vicious circle yeah well for me personally i think i think the walks per per nine innings is the most important stat on there to me because hits are going to happen either the batter is going to get just run into one maybe you made a good pitch he just did his job too. He hit the ball in the gap. Now he's on second base, something like that. Um, and little like duck snarts. Yeah. Those are going to happen too. There's going to be yeah. balls that just drop in that shouldn't be hits based on the way the ball was hit, but it happens. So I think that the most important set on this list is the walks per nine, just because if you can limit the walks, that's the difference between being a good exactly. pitcher and a great pitcher. Cause you have the opportunity to be a great pitcher. If they have to earn everything they give, you give them. You're not giving them anything. They have to earn it all. That's why I think uh, walks is the most important to me. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely not wrong with that because, you know, you can't be walking guys, like I said, and have success. And if you do, you're an extremely lucky person because <laughs> it's just more than likely. You're just you're going to get the short end of you're this. You're playing thing. with fire. Yeah, I mean. If you just consistently walk people, you're playing with fire. Yeah, exactly. And I completely agree about that. Um, and with that, we can kind of move on to a little bit more advanced statistics and move on to WAR, um, FIP, and ERA+. WAR, obviously, is based on each individual position and how much more important that player is on each individual position. And then um, fielding independent pitching is kind of a complicated formula that goes along to figure out how good the pitcher is minus like their you know runs given up by the defense and all those things and the formula is like 13 times home runs plus three times hit by pitch plus base on balls minus two times k's divided by innings which is crazy but it pretty much just says how good are they in a certain set of things minus the defense minus the other extendable things just basically focusing on them and for me personally I think that fielding independent pitching is more important than war because war can be kind of skewed at times because a pitcher may not be great in that season, but he may be, you know, the best pitcher in the season, so he gets a really high war. And that's something that, you know, needs to be looked at. But, like, FIP, you can't really lie on that. You're either going to be better without your defense or better because of your defense, and it's going to show on there. It's going to show how good of a pitcher you actually are. And I want to see what you guys think about those. And also ERA plus. Uh, well, I 100% agree. I think I've always told you this. FIP is probably the most telling stat for a pitcher that we have. Uh, ERA plus is cool. I don't. Uh, I mean, obviously, you got to account for the ballpark. I, it's it's a lot easier to pitch 
in Wrigley as opposed to, I don't know, Coors. San Diego. Hard place to pitch. San San Diego, hard place to pitch. Hard place to hit. But, (laughs) I mean – Field independent pitching. It's it. There's so much that goes into that. It's kind of yeah, hard to I fake agree. it. It's it's super difficult. Thing, you know, it's it. There's so many elements that go into it. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like you have a little bit of issues deciding which one to pick, and I think a lot of people are having trouble with that too. Saying like, oh, this pitcher's word is the highest, so obviously they're the best. I mean. That's not always right. Like Mike Trout has the best WAR. That's because he's is the best player in the outfield, and I think his WAR could be even higher. Like I think he is the most valuable player of all time. But we're not talking about him today. Just him as an example. But Dude, every every time we ever start talking about anything baseball, you always go Mike Trout. Hey, I love like him. every time. He's like a I six tool him. player. I don't even think you can have six tools, but I mean he's got them. <laughs> he does. <laughs> He definitely he has. is yeah. just a freak. He is the best athlete, best yep. player. He has it all. I mean, he's not a bad looking guy, so I guess maybe that'd be a six tool. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe the looks is a but, six tool. Not everybody can have it. I mean, geez, oh, like one, <laughs> but what more could you want out of a player? A guy who is extremely successful with the bat for contact and power. A guy who can field his position very well. A guy who can throw runners out and is also not yeah. slow. And you see him. And you see him. Maybe he can game pitch. Game, it, it, they'll be down four runs in the ninth inning. He'll hit a ground ball and sprint. You know, three seconds to, to first base. You know, you, you just don't teach hustle like that. No, he's yeah. a completely different breed, and that's like kind of goes back to the mindset. I think that he's just he is success. If like anybody wants to focus on that he is what it means to be successful as a baseball player as a whole and he says like the right mindset yeah. oh yeah definitely agree he he's always had that mindset he's always had that kind of bulldog mentality which you really like to see out of a player where he, i don't even think he in his mind truly believes he's the best player in the mld no but i mean he's paid like it and he's starting to get treated like it like he's starting to become the face of the mlb and i think yes, he deserves yeah. to be I mean, when's the like the last player we saw of kind of his caliber was like Albert Pujols, and before that, I mean, it was Barry Bonds, of course, steroids. But you know, he's going to be turning into the face of the MLB, and he'll be a future Hall of Famer, no doubt. It's just like, will he ever win a World Series? And that's like the main question. But we can go ahead and go into. The next topic, which is honestly one of my favorites and one that I've done a lot of research on, and it's the budding technology in baseball and how you can create so many different things inside the game just for pitchers alone. You can create the spin rate. You can figure out the spin efficiency. You can do things like pitch design and figure out what pitch, what kind of hold on a pitch do you have and how do you throw this pitch? What kind of mindset do you have on a pitch? What are you doing on every single thing that you're doing to make a pitch great? And I think that we see that with, like, Trevor Bauer and how he's able to throw some of his pitches. Yeah, and um, you can definitely talk about him, too, if you want right now, because, like, I love Trevor Bauer. I mean, got a hose. (laughs) He's got got the longest throw in the MLB line. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what was in my mind. That was crazy. (laughs) That was amazing. I'm usually not for it, 
temper tantrums on the mound, but I absolutely love it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you throw a ball like over 300 feet, I mean, props. Like that's you that's pretty hard. Crow hop. I've done it like. Hey, you know what? I I think we're figuring that was after a start too. Like he just threw a full yeah. game. <laughs> yeah. He's still doing that. <laughs> on a completely rested arm, I can maybe get one throw 300 feet. Maybe like after like 85 pitches. In the summer, no, not a chance. Mm-hmm. Not getting it. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow. But I think there's like so much technology coming out, especially with like Rapsodo, Driveline, and other companies that are using these to develop players. And I kind of wanted to see what your guys' opinion was on that. And is that good for the game of baseball? Is that going to like make players better in the long run, or is it going to be bad? You know, I think it's I think it's uh, good. I think technology evolves. You know, every sport, but um, you know, it could definitely help evolve pitching. Um, you know, a high spin rate, a low spin rate, that could be very good, very bad. You know, and like going back to Trevor Bauer, I know he experiments with you know different slots out of his arm and you know different spin rates and what works for him. And I think a lot of pitchers can utilize that, utilize Rap Soto, get instant feedback. Um, and I, I think it's I think it's very good. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean I personally love it. Uh I mean we we use driveline here the last couple of years we've been trying to get more into it and it, I mean even regardless of like pre start stuff and building arm strength, which they obviously do as well, the the recovery stuff really does help and it does feel better. Uh the day after you pitch, two days after you pitch, compared to when you just kind of throw ice on right. and you just mm-hmm. hope hope you feel better the next morning. The thing I think about the most is you really can't like change what you can't measure like consistently, and I think about that a lot, especially with like my business background. That there's a lot of times that if you want to change something and you don't have any way to measure it, how are you going to know if it's getting better exactly. or not? Like, how do you know if <clears throat> I did that? Like, if you lean a little bit more back and if you're like whenever you're winding up and you're able to sit on your back leg for just a little split second longer and you feel it, but you're like, I don't know if that was two mile an hour harder or not. Like, you can't do anything about that. Like, that's just not good design for yourself to get better. I think that's really where this technology comes into play. And that's something that we could see going on down the line to say, hey, you know, like on that throw right there, you threw, you know, 89, like what happened there? Or like this throw you threw 84, what happened there? This throw you threw 91, what happened there? Like where are these changes coming from? And how do we make this a more consistent model? Because like some players could really, I think, use this and honestly develop themselves with it because like I don't really see how most players – Especially like if they have the proper tutelage and they have all the proper coaches, that they'll be fine. But some players don't have that opportunity and they really don't know what they're doing and what they're not. And I just want to see what your guys' opinion is on that. Well, I mean, uh, you kind of look at it and obviously uh, the one that I would like to point out is you can see guys kind of change the way they, they start to pitch. And I think the, the biggest changes are not really at the major league level. You don't see a lot no. once they get up here where there's a bunch of jumps. But the big changes are you look in the minor league system and uh, what a lot of teams have been doing now, I think the Cincinnati Reds did it for sure, um, is they're actually signing these these driveline guys 
to be coaches in the minor league system and at some capacity either they'd be like special assistants or they're pitching coaches at single a double a levels and uh i mean we don't have a lot of information on because most of these guys are recent signees like they just got signed a couple months ago yeah so uh this is just all kind of new but uh it's gonna be very exciting to see where it goes because we'll see uh especially you pay attention to an organization that doesn't have them but compared to one that does to see the jumps that you you're gonna get over the next year and uh it's gonna be very interesting to see where that goes yeah i think like another thing that i think about too is that i know some colleges and like even the like you know in like junior college and actual like division one levels that use these things to be able to make their players better and make their players think on a different level instead of hey i'm just gonna throw this pitch like i'm just gonna do this they have purpose behind what they're doing they said okay i need to make my slider better because my slider spin rate is this and the spin efficiency is this and like compared to my friend, like my friend has a spin efficiency of this and this, and it's just like a never-ending competition because like baseball guys are competitive about everything they do, and you see this, and that could almost develop a guy into the next level just because of that. Because like before, he wouldn't have been thinking about oh my slider's <clears throat> crappy. He just if you just say oh yeah, my slider's good no matter what, like it's whatever. And but now he has like stats to say yeah I can do this. It's better than yours or it's not, and that, I think that's good for college baseball, for major league baseball, because you've some of these guys who are really, really smart. Right. And I mean, you see it like see it in Houston, like some of those guys. Right. I like the, which, I like the point that you said, you know, um, how, how are you going to work on something if you don't, you, you don't know what to do. And I think a lot of this new technology is giving, you know, great feedback. Um, you know, say, you know, you want to work on your changeup, but you don't know how, you know, you hop on Rapsodo find out your spin rate is too high well boom instant feedback you know exactly what you need to work on get the spin rate lower which will make you know the trajectory of it better and you know that can go with slider that can go with fastball curveball whatever it is you know i think i think this is super beneficial for the game and i'm very excited to see how how pitchers progress in the next coming years definitely yeah and the, the other one i want to point out with uh obviously we're talking about technology uh, kind of look at what Steven Strasburg did in the first inning of his start in Houston mm-hmm. when uh, he kind of got knocked around that first inning goes in determined that he was have, he had a tell and used the technology to kind of point out to himself and I think actually it might have been his pitching coach mentioned it or bench coach yeah. pointed out to him that he had, he had a tell in the first inning he fixed it and mm-hmm. went back out there and dominated yeah. the rest of that game because the Astros hitters are looking for the sign, looking for the tell, looking for the tell, and it's just never coming anymore. And that's another part that I think kind of goes unnoticed because video technology we think has been around forever, but in the dugouts, this is a exactly. fairly new you technology. See, uh, right, in exactly. You see in, in football, you know, quarterbacks, right when they get off the field, they go right on their Microsoft tablet and they see exactly what they're doing wrong. You know, they look at coverages. And you, you can't just do that in baseball, right? You know, so I think – you know, this is a huge step for baseball. Um, coming back in the dugout, what do you need to work on? You know, take a little mental note and then go back out and dominate. Definitely. Yeah, it would have been it would have been nice if Tampa would have used it <laughs> against Houston, or if they would have pitched Charlie Morton. <laughs> Still better. 
Charlie Morton. We would have Houston would have been in the World Series if Charlie Morton pitched. <laughs> that is true. I freaking love Charlie Morton because <laughs> he's like oh. one of those guys like who developed like that pitch tendency thing too. Like um, what I was thinking about is that some guys realize they overthrow some pitches that they're like, oh, you know, like I may be a sinker pitcher, but I throw a sinker seventy five percent of the time, and that's why I get hit really hard because they know the sinker's coming. What if I threw my slider a little bit more? Like, things like that. Or what if I developed a fourth pitch that would let me do this? Because I'm able to throw a curveball. I just haven't thrown one in a game for whatever reason. Like, my coach doesn't believe in it. Like, developing those tendencies to kind of break it and give yourself a little more depth. Because, like, all these stats, you could really do anything you want. You could say, oh, yeah. Like, you can pull up right now and be like, Lance Lynn, 85% fastballs. But, like, he's still successful. But I think that... Well, I mean... You see the higher percentages typically with with relievers, and now mm-hmm. since they kind of give you the percentages and they kind of look at the tendencies of what pitches you're throwing, there's a uh, there's more teams that are having their starters be closer to closer to about 25 to 40 percent max on each pitch. Like instead of having them use majority fastball, and this is over the course of a season. In the postseason, you go with what your best option is. Mm-hmm. You saw that with Scherzer throwing a lot of fastball changeup sliders and not throwing a lot of curveballs in the in the World Series the entire postseason to be completely honest but you see that a lot where guys are trying to work back to be more even with their pitch selection yeah I think that working on your pitch selection is a really good tool that you can use and I mean me as a pitcher I was a fastball pitcher so <laughs> that's pretty much all I threw and sometimes it didn't work out very well because, you know, like somebody knows what you're throwing. Like Houston. Uh, <laughs> Actually, I, I like get it. I get it. <laughs> 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 there we go. I was waiting for that. But if somebody knows what you're throwing, that like it's going to be easier to hit it most of the time. I mean, we don't know about the Houston thing yet because the investigation hasn't gone on. But, like, I have my beliefs that they did do it. And I don't think they're getting in trouble because there's really no rule that says you can't steal signs because – I know that most teams do it anyway. No one's done it before. I mean, yeah. No one's done it to this level before, so there's never been a need <laughs> and for I think a rule this, yet. Not video cameras. And when the rules were when the rules were created, there was no video technology right. in the first place. And I think this technology, <laughs> you know, having a camera and figuring out signs, I think that is the only technology in baseball that shouldn't, you know, be going on. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely, it just it, it, it ruins the game. You know, it's kind I, of. I think you know if you if you try to pick up the signs from coach to catcher, you know that's great. You're in the game. You're thinking it. You know, a guy on second trying to steal the signs. You know, that's great. You're into it. You know, I I just think, you know, I don't know. I just think that that there shouldn't be a guy sitting and focusing on right. signs the entire right. game. That that makes it like yeah. You're ruining the. You're you're basically taking the pitcher and his only edge he has in the entire bat, ruining it. Yep. and just taking it away. Yeah. Like that, that's really not fair. Do you say it there? And I think that's like where we should draw the line. We shouldn't allow teams to be able to have an unfair advantage, per se. Like you shouldn't be like, okay, we're gonna be playing in Houston and they gotta have a camera in center field to see what pitch we're throwing. Like they shouldn't have that kind of thing. But, like, technology in a whole is not going to be bad. Like, you could like, have, like, you know, an arm watch on a guy. Like, I said this before, like, an arm watch so you can be able to tell them certain things. Or, like, hey, watch out for this. Like, I'm throwing a changeup. Or, I don't know. Things like that just so they know. 
or like even like a sleeve on your pitcher just to like maybe track his fatigue to see how things are going for him say hey like you know i see that you're pretty tired right here because i can tell by your muscles or something i don't know how technology works like that but i think that'd yeah, be that pretty might cool be a little to see down and the then it would also reduce injuries yeah, I don't think we have technology to be able to do that yet, buddy. You know what? I can be hopeful. But I like the idea. I like the idea. Yeah. I do. It's a good idea. Or even you could do it like that. Like a pitcher has like an Apple Watch on his wrist. So that way it would – because there are everyone's all about speeding up the game of baseball. Then instead of doing like an actual coach meeting, the coaches can be like, hey, like how are you feeling? Like, are you okay? Like are you getting tired? Do I need to start getting someone ready? And then the pitcher can just kind of signal yes or no. Have you guys covered like uh, speeding up the game yet? Oh man, uh, not I, really. per- I personally mm-hmm. don't like but... it. You know, I think I think baseball is perfect how it is. It's not it's not a speedy sport. Why speed it up? Then don't watch it if you don't. You know, I I, I just think that you know there's a plan. Um, you know, pitcher can go as slow or as fast as he wants. Yeah, I, I don't know about implementing Definitely. all these because, rules. I mean, yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts? You know, it's just like they're trying to ruin the game, I feel like, in points. Because the game is meant to be slow. It's meant to be played at a slower pace it's strategic, than you know? some yeah. other games. So, yeah, as a pitcher, you know, you're yeah. trying to figure out, okay, I wouldn't speed up a chess Exactly. There, <laughs> That's I mean, ex- there you go. And, you know, we're playing chess and baseball, not playing checkers. If, I mean, like, the only thing that I would be supportive of is I was actually supportive of making it a little bit slower, like adding more entertainment to the game, like I said before, like adding some type of, like, cheerleaders. Honestly, like, cheerleaders during baseball? Why is there no cheerleaders? <laughs> that that is exactly cool. There's mascots. I liked your beer break, too. Yeah, beer break. That one was good. The beer I break? I like that idea. Yeah. Okay. Like, we'll just take, like, a little, like, five-minute intermission. You go go get a beer. And then come back. The game will be back on. You won't miss as much. Have a happy hour during it. Happy hour. Happy hour beer break yeah. where everybody can Fourth just get a beer and they could all just feel feel good afterwards and they'll be really yeah, drunk. You, you won and me. You won the me game will go by quicker. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Half price do beer. The players get to, do, do we get the players to have a happy hour? Secretly in the clubhouse, but we don't get to talk about that. All right. Easy there, Josh Beckett. Yeah. Or Mark Burley. <laughs> that is a great story. That's for another day. <laughs> a little off topic for pitching, but you know, we're, all we're, right. we're, we're we're doing well. I mean, not really, because you know, Josh Beckett was a, Josh Beckett. Uh, it was Lester and who was the third guy? Where they were the the beer and chicken wings in the dog in the clubhouse during games. They're yeah, all pitchers. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and it might have been a uh, who was the other guy that came to the Cubs with Lester? Blackie. <sighs> Yep, oh, it was yeah. John Lackey. <laughs> also, what a combination! Former Cardinal, yeah, and honestly, I don't like, want to talk about the Cubs though. So, um, Mark Burley, <laughs> Mark Burley in the 2005 playoffs. That guy. I mean, there was one game where he was told he wasn't going to pitch, so he drank three or four beers in the locker room, and then later on, the coach came in and said, "Hey, we need you in the bullpen." So he went out to the bullpen. Is he had a couple beers? Like, I think that's pretty legendary, and he pitched really well that game. That's too. awesome. So, love it, hero. <laughs> Jeez. But we might as well go on to a new section we have here um, because we have a guest and we're going to take him on the hot take hot round. Takes. Um, Put me on the spot. Each of us are going to. We are. Yeah. Kind of have to. Kind of have to. Yeah. 
And each Can of I us just can say go Mike Trout already? This, um, during the segment. Answer the first question. He answered yeah. MVP. Yeah. That's, that is the right answer. You, you have an like A for this test. Earlier. I mean, <laughs> Mike Trout again. That is right. <laughs> that is crazy. When is the first year Mike Trout won't uh, win the MVP? I don't know. I don't see any signs of him stopping. I don't, I don't know. 2042. <laughs> Might be a little bit of a stretch. Probably like 2032. Okay. Maybe. Like 12 more years. I think he's going to be a Tom Brady of baseball. I hope. For his sake. I think Mike Trout can throw the ball a little bit further than Tom Brady, though. Only one way to find out. <laughs> All right. So. Oh, boy. He answered our first question here of who our 2020 MVP would be. And that's kind of an easy question. I mean, Mike yeah. Trout. No brainer. Do you have an NL one as well? Ooh, since yeah, Mike Trout's um, in the AL. You know, I think. I think Yelich and um, uh, Bellinger, I think they're both doing great. Rendon did great this year. Um, you know, I think, I don't know. I, 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 I like those guys. You know, they're very consistent. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if they can come back again. Yeah, I, th- I definitely agree. I think Nolan Arenado. Arenado's always solid. Always solid. I think it's gonna be Pete. Petey? I know. I think Pete Alonzo. No. He's got a year under his belt. He might be Chris Davis two point oh. Maybe. That that this is the one of two ways this could go. It could either go he just sticks with it and is just phenomenal again, or he doesn't have a hit for seventy two at bats or something crazy like that. And it's kind of a risky pick, but you know, I got a lot of faith in the young guy. I mean, which Chris Davis am I talking about? That's the better question. He, I, we all know which one you're talking about. <laughs> the one from Oakland. No, just kidding. <laughs> the one who didn't get a hit for a couple of bats there. It was like two months. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a long time. I'm happy he got a hit finally. Um, oh, that he got a hit. Also, he just turned it on. <laughs> I mean, like he was, he was, he was there. He's passed. He went overpaid. <laughs> oh, very much overpaid. He was overpaid to. I think he probably ended the season. He had to end the season under the Mendoza line. I mean, I can figure that out real quick. But he's honestly a, a big-time holdback on the Orioles, and they should just get rid of him. I mean, he had a negative war last year. He batted 179. Yeah, that's, that's not good. Yeah, so under under the line. <laughs> give me a I bat. I could probably bat 179. Oh, I was about to say, I'll say, give me a bat. I can at least bat 79 in the major leagues. You give me 500 at-bats? Mm, yeah. I'll get a couple hits. <sighs> but we can go ahead. Maybe. No. I need a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while, right? Right. Exactly. And we can go on here to the next hot take. And who is your 2020 World Series champion? Oh, man. I mean, right? <sighs> I don't know. I, I mean, I like the Yankees. I mean, they're always a, I mean, there's always a good, a good contender. But, you know, I think... This year is huge for free agents, trades, signings. I mean, it, I mean, I don't know. You know, you had a couple good players. It could definitely swing in your favor. Yeah, definitely, definitely agree. Uh, I say the Atlanta Braves. Kind of the Atlanta Braves. I honestly love that pick because Hot they got all the young talent in the world. I thought they were going to go deeper this year. I didn't think they would lose – Los Cardinales, baby. I, I honestly thought they were going to be a World Series team at one point. Um, 
but obviously things change. The Cardinals ten runs and one find a way to beat them, and then all of a sudden here comes Washington, and the Cardinals look like a JV baseball team in high school. I was at two of those uh, games, so yeah, they did. Yeah, that was that was rough, but I guess Atlanta's going to be able to compete for a while. And honestly, uh, the other team on the AL side, the Chicago White Sox, are starting yeah. to look dangerous. You picking the White Sox? I am going to have to pick the That's White Sox. As much as I prediction. hate to say that, I'm going to have to to say the White Sox. I mean, but, South Side rejoice, uh, right? <laughs> yeah. They got a good enough team. I'm if, if not this year, they're at least going to be able to compete within the next three for probably a title. Yeah, it's not a question of if not now, it's if when they do it. Like it, It's going to happen. There really is no question. A whole lot of stuff's going to have to go wrong for them to not be a good team next year. I mean, do they get Garrett Cole? Question mark. I guess, you know, that kind of leads to my question. Where's Garrett Cole going? I know the Yankees are meeting with Cole and uh, Strasburg, I believe. I think they wanted to meet with them. Um, it goes back to my point, you know, if Cole or Strasburg goes to the Yankees, man, I don't know. could be game over. Yeah. I mean, They're, That's going to be a tough team to beat. Imagine if they had both. If, he, if anyone gets them. Serviano? Come on. Yeah. Come on. And they got Paxton still. Yeah, it's not fair. Yeah, no. Yeah, but I personally, I mean, you know my opinion on this, Logan. I think he's going – I think he's going home. I think he's going to be an angel. It's going to be him and Shohei Otani, managed by Joe Madden and Mike Trout in center field. That would be a beautiful sight to see. That would be a dangerous team. Yeah. But, but the Angels are also looking at Wheeler as well. And, you know, they, you can't, you don't have the cap space for both of them. Yeah, no, exactly. you can only take one. I mean, either other. one would be and good for them. I think they're just looking at Wheeler yeah. as more of a backup. I think they want Garrett, and then the backup's going to be Wheeler. But they they don't expect to sign both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. You can't expect to sign both, unless you're the Yankees and you don't care about caps. Uh, I mean, could casualties. the Angels sign both yeah. Cole and Wheeler? I don't think they have the the room. I the cap room I don't it. see why not. Uh, MLB teams don't <laughs> have, they a have cap. The cap Come room on, for it. if you sign them for both, a hundred plus. A hundred plus. I don't think. Uh, I don't think they'd be willing to do that, especially not considering it's Joe Madden's first year. Uh, well, I mean, I guess maybe they might go all in with it being Madden. I mean, he's old. You don't know how many years you got left to him either. I mean, after this year, they really don't have like too many huge contracts besides Mike Trout. I mean, they're still paying what about Upton. They're paying him twenty-one million this next year, and but the one big thing that really, really hurts is they're paying Albert Pujols twenty-nine million oh, to be a turd. Yeah, he needs to retire yeah, to basically be a average first baseman. Yeah, that would help the Angels a lot if he would just yeah. retire right now. He won't. But I think he wants to keep hey, playing. Man, he wants to keep playing. To him. So why not? He can smashing records. He has another sixty yeah. million. He's, hey, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah, I just wish he could be. retire as a Cardinal. He'll be man. a Hall of Famer. Uh, breaks my heart. He might still. I don't know. Honest. Was it in his contract that he couldn't? Yeah. He might still do like that. Retires a Cardinal. Was it in thing. his contract that he couldn't do that or no? Um, um, I, did I hear that? Did well, I hear something like that. So, so whatever he signed with the Angels, I think there was a deal that he could work in the front office afterwards, and that's the thing he liked about them more because they considered him part of the family, 
And he said the Cardinals really didn't do that as much, and also they were willing to offer him more money in um, Los Angeles because their taxes are a little bit different than we are here in Missouri. So it's it's just one of those tough things. I mean, it was 10 years, $240 million, which was groundbreaking deal back in the day. Now, I mean, yeah, Mike traveled 12 years, $428 million. But I digress. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be kind of interesting to see how that goes. I mean, absolutely. Uh, I think that's about all we have right now. So, I mean, before we lead up into this last little piece, uh, just make sure you follow us on dingerball.com. And make sure you follow us on Twitter, uh, Dingerball Podcast. And also follow Adam Zuck, too. He's a yes, great sir. Follow. He has some good tweets out there. Once in a while. Once in a while. Great tweet. Yeah. Do you want to give the... You want to give out your your uh yeah yeah it's uh, at z u k k one two. My my last name has one yeah, k in it, but I made it in high school or two k's. I don't know what I was thinking, but yeah, z u k k twelve. Hey, well, you know we all love your tweets, Adam. So we we follow you guys. We follow you pretty well too. Uh, I'm at j hennessy eighteen, and Logan is at. Talk underscore Talk underscore, underscore 44. Big 4-4. I said that. Don't worry. I got this. Yeah, the big 4-4 four four still. Uh, make sure you follow all of our parent websites as well. Parent uh, Dingerball1 is on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, keep checking into the, the website. And we're going to be posting a lot of blogs about each division, each team in each division. And there's going to be a lot of cool stuff coming up from everyone else here at Dingerball as well. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you guys for having See me. Y'all I appreciate it. Yeah, thank yeah. you once again. Anytime. Yep, thank you for coming on today, Zuck. And see, see ya. you guys next week. Peace out. <laughs>